Hello and welcome to How About Them Huskers. My name is Will Nota Francesco, and I'm joined, as I always am, by my grandpa, Husker Dan from Husker Max, who is now dancing in his little downstairs basement recording <laughs> studio in, over there in Omaha, Nebraska. Grandpa, how are you doing today? Uh, fantastic. It's, it's awesome. A little chilly here today. I'm actually munching on a, a what are these things called? Your dad loves them. Um, oh, chickpeas or hippies yeah, or whatever? Hippies. Yeah. Oh, they're yeah. awesome. They're awesome. Um, anyway, so. I normally don't do that to start, you know, put something. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> usually not a good idea to eat stuff on mic, but whatever. Um, we got a lot of stuff to talk about. I know. Most notably, or sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, a lady I talked with yesterday, and she said, well, what do you what do you write about? Because she knew I wrote, you know, weekly column for Husker Max. And I didn't get to finish giving the answer, but this, it seems like, what would you talk about? Because we usually talk about Husker football, and we'll have we have Husker football news today too. But it's like there's so many other things going on about Husker, just Husker sports. Oh yeah, I don't think we're ever going to run out of stuff to. Yeah, oh, and we always we always we always say that they're like, oh, it's off season now. We're going to have to struggle to find some stuff to talk about. But there's always even we could do a whole we could do a whole forty minutes right now on a just Nebraska football news. I think. Yeah. Um, from what's happened this past week with the transfer portal stuff. But we'll get into that later. We're going to yeah. start with our upfront news with Husker Volleyball selling out all the tickets to <laughs> Volleyball Day in Nebraska in two days. Less than two days. 83,000 tickets. That is blows my mind. It's insane. You, text, it's you insane. texted me that or emailed me that. I was like, I was like, oh, okay, this they're going to sell. I believe it. I think what we said, we we're like, oh, they're easily going to get 60,000. They might have to expand. They might have to give up more tickets to get to 93,000, which would break the all-time attendance record for a USA women's sporting event. It may it, it may break the 1999 USA Olympic women's soccer game held in the Rose Bowl Stadium, which was 90,000. And then the world record is 91,000 for a, a women's UEFA Champions League game in Barcelona at the Camp Nou. So do you think that Nebraska is going to break this record, Grandpa? Well, they're talking about, and I think I think they're they're seeing that if they if they rearrange because you know the obviously a, a volleyball court doesn't take up as much space as uh, as a as a football uh, game, so they they they're thinking about adding seats. You know what, and the idea would be, of course, to break the the old all time record for a women's sport. We're going to shatter it for volleyball. There's no question. Oh yeah, because that's. 99.9% of the time it's played indoors. So that, but this will shatter that for volleyball, but they're going for uh, the women's record for a, a women's sport uh, in, in the United States. Um, and that is, as you said, 90, well, 91,000. Well, no, that's 90,185 is, is uh, when it was, that was the Rose Bowl uh, in 99. So I don't know. I, I think, I think even John Cook, the head coach, it has to be a little bit stunned. Trev yeah. Alberts has to be. Uh, uh, come on now, nobody. I thought you, if you said sixty thousand, I, well, I thought like forty, forty-five thousand. You know, because how many people can actually see the game? You're gonna have to watch it yeah. on the jumbotron, which is. But they want to be there, and that's yeah. that's crazy. Nebraska, not crazy, you know. But I mean, just crazy enthusiastic passionate husker fans wanting to show their support for their team and, and that's that but it just it doesn't add up you put that on a computer 
and it doesn't add up. It's just, it's crazy. Yeah, no, and I think that, I mean, I was going to say this before before you started with that, that Nebraska fans are probably the only fans in college football, or sorry, in college sports at all that would have a shot at breaking this record. Right. I don't think that anyone is as devoted to their team. There's not as large enough fan base. This isn't a, there's not a big enough thing. There's not a team that is will or a school that's willing to do this as much as Nebraska is. And so, I mean, they deserve it. This is going to stand for a long time unless Oregon could set a precedent for women's volleyball being played before football starts outside at their football stadium. So who knows, but it, this is going to be really interesting to see how many they end up selling because they've already destroyed the women's volleyball NCAA record for right. tickets sold in attendance. Even if 20,000 of those people decide not to show up, they still beat it by 50,000 people. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> um, but I mean, this is absolutely crazy. And it, we get, do you want to talk about some of the players we're going to see? Nebraska had an exhibition match in Central City against Wichita State. They swept Wichita State 3-0, so it wasn't even close. But do you want to talk about the team a little bit this year? Yeah, well, yeah, and I, I watched most of the, uh, the uh, game. It was held in Central City, Nebraska. They like to go to smaller venues around the state. They take the, the mountain to Muhammad, essentially. Um and I, and I agree with that, and I think that's good. To, I think it's classy of them to do that, even though they play in, in far fewer uh, uh, in front of far fewer people. But um, the thing that John Cook has going on this year is there are no seniors. All the seniors are gone, and part of the the number one recruiting class, uh, Harper Murray. I I got out of my chair. She she had a kill yesterday. It's like. This girl's a freshman. She's a, are you kidding me? Um, she stays healthy and whatever. She had 12 kills uh, for a 0. .391 hitting percentage. Uh, uh, Bergen Riley, uh, she's a setter. And Andy Jackson, she's a middle blocker. Uh, they all starred in, in Laney. I'm not sure, sure how she pronounces her last name, Chaboy. She's five foot three defensive specialist and she had a great fantastic diving save of a, of a play yesterday and uh, so the the future is extremely bright uh, I think oh, yeah I think John Cook cannot uh, stop keep from grinning I think he's he's jacked up for this coming fall and what a way to kick this thing off uh in uh, in Memorial Stadium on the 30th of August I it's just again it just it just it doesn't make it, it makes a lot of sense, but it's crazy. Yeah. And I wonder if this might be a good thing that you're starting with this younger team with this massive, massive fan wise, massive game. Uh, Cause you and fine, but it's not, it's, it's going to be decently competitive, but I'm pretty sure Nebraska will win three, one or something like that. I don't think they'll lose more than one set, but um, anyway, this might be a good thing to get those young players where it's like you have 90,000 people, maybe who knows how, how much we're going to get up to, but 90,000 plus people watching you play a volleyball game. Then you go to like Wisconsin where the fans are really Texas, those kind of schools where the fans are amazing, but it's like, Oh, there's only 17,000 of you. Like this is nothing compared to what we were through at the start of the season. And it is different when they're cheering for you versus cheering against you, obviously, but there's still that pressure that you feel. And, the 83,000 plus people is going to be uh, a huge pressure on them for that first game. 
if they can get by that, I think that's huge experience so that when you go to Wisconsin, as I was saying, that it's like, oh, there's only 16,000 people. And not all of those people are cheering all the time, but it's, I mean, still you get a lot, but then it's like, okay, we know, we know what's, we know what's going on here. We know how to fight through that and know how to get the mental block over it. So that's going to definitely help. The other other case that it's going to be great, not only for Husker volleyball, which it will, and that there'll be more media coverage of this thing and it's going to take place when there's no football on so that they're going to have a free I'm sure that was the the reason behind that they wanted to kick this thing off and they, oh, yeah. nothing was going on um but so there's and I agree with you there's going to be pressure it's going to be pressure because of the event all the major sports venues or or uh, outlets are going to be there covering this thing they're going to they have to be there this is a part of history They've never seen anything like this. ESPN, you name it. They're all, everybody's going to be there. They're going to be writing up about it. And that's where I think the pressure comes in, as you said. It's going to be how many people, and this is a this is a highly uh, anticipated event. So many media will be covering this. So there is going to be pressure. There's going to be pressure mainly on, on Nebraska, but but UNO is going to be playing in front of that crowd too. So I, I think that's ah, it's just awesome. Yeah, it's going to be a really fun watch, even from home, just watching on – I assume it will be on BTN or something like that. They're going to have to televise it on somewhere that's at least oh, somewhat yeah. accessible. But oh, yeah. we'll see. Um, but it'll you could just be able to feel that. It will be such a different feel. So really excited for that coming in August. Do you want to start with Husker baseball or softball here, Grandpa? Both no, of them not let's... super exciting – Results, one of them more disappointing than the other. Well, Husker softball, uh, they were, I think they were either tied or they were in second place just last weekend, I believe. I could be wrong on that. But so they were kind of feeling pretty good about themselves. And then they had a three-game series coming up this weekend at Northwestern, lead leading Northwestern. And they got embarrassed on Friday's uh, game. Tw- they lost 22 to four. Yikes. That's a butt whipping. Yeah. Yesterday, <laughs> yesterday they were more competitive. You know, they lost, still lost the game, still goes down as a loss. They lost. Yeah. Um, eight they got walked six. off, actually. It was very close. Yeah. They got walked off in the ninth inning. Mm-hmm. So it was very, very, it was much closer. So as we are speaking now, um, they're playing the third game of that series uh, at Northwest, and it's on BTN. So I'm DVRing it. I'll have to watch it after this. Yeah, but uh, yeah, they're. I, I do they have a? I, mean, I think they still have a decent chance, but you'd like to be able to win at least one at Northwestern. Again, that's league leading Northwestern. Yep. Yeah, and I mean. This is not that. I mean, the I think Nebraska was in third, maybe. I, I if I remember correctly from last week when we were talking about this, uh, they could be they could have been a second though. I don't remember anyway. But they, as you said, they dropped a fourth. They're still thirty-two and sixteen on the year, which is pretty darn good for a team that plays in the Big Ten with some of these schools like Northwestern and Michigan and some of these other top softball teams. So it'll be interesting to see where they end up in postseason wise, but I don't think it's out of the question that they can compete and win the big 10 tournament again. They did it last year. You just got to get hot at the right time. Yeah. And uh, I mean, if you lose to Northwestern now, okay, who cares? You still get to the big 10 tournament. That's really all you need to do. Just make sure you're ready and you won't lose to them then. So it's going to be interesting to see how they end up postseason. I'm not worried about them getting to that tournament. I am worried, however, about Husker baseball 
getting yeah. to the Big Ten tournament now, where they lost all three at Iowa last weekend. We said that that was going to be a big game swing that we needed them to do at least pull at least one of those or two of those if we wanted them to seem super promising. Then they beat UNO on Tuesday. They bounced back against that. Then they lost to South Dakota State out of nowhere on Wednesday. Yeah. And then they lost to a bad Minnesota team yeah. by, uh, I, I think it was by four runs or so on Friday. And yeah. then they destroyed them yesterday, 18-0. So I don't understand what changed because you don't go from losing by more than two runs and then winning 18 nothing back-to-back. I don't, you do not see that a lot. I don't know what happened on Friday. But whatever it was, that was just horrible for from a Nebraska perspective because Minnesota has been just absolutely terrible this year in in Big Ten baseball, and that eighteen nothing wins the biggest winning margin by Nebraska since twenty eighteen. So you don't know what's what's going to happen there, but it's the first conference shutout by Nebraska in almost two years. None of that really matters because I don't think you haven't heard a question: Is there still time for Nebraska to make a move for this season? I think they're out of time, and I don't think they have the ability to make a move. I don't think they have the talent or drive. One, I mean, they have the talent, I think, just from what I've seen, but they don't have the consistency to make a move. They're in seventh place in the Big Ten now. They might make the tournament. They're on the edge right now. The way that they're trending right now, they're going to crash out in the last couple weeks and just not make the tournament for the second straight year, which is just going to be terrible for the fan base because it, it's played in Omaha. Give me a break. Right, just make right. the stupid tournament. I don't care if you lose the game that you are in by 20. Just make the game. Uh, just Sorry, just make the tournament. And then they, they're next up uh, with a three-game series against league leader Maryland. So, they'll probably lose all three of those games by quite a bit. So don't be expecting a Husker win anytime soon from Nebraska, but we'll see how that turns out. Maybe they surprise us, but what are your thoughts on this really disappointing stretch here for Nebraska baseball, grandpa? Yeah. It's, you know, the question is, uh, is there still time for Nebraska? Yeah, there still is time, but my goodness, you lose to Minnesota at home. Um, I watched that game, the Friday night game and, uh, and uh, Nebraska took the lead at I think it was five to four or six to five, something like that, and then end up losing it in the ninth inning. And and they had a couple of times they had bases loaded and they still couldn't, um, you know, put the game away. And it's there's something going on there, and I don't know what it is. Uh, is is you know the eighteen zero shutout of Minnesota yesterday is that a portent of the things have, have changed and turn around? I don't know. I don't, I'm with you. I don't have a really good feeling about that. You go to league leader at Maryland and a three game series there. If they were to somehow win that three or win the series, let's say they win two out of three, you know, and then you start saying, Hey, well, maybe these guys, the, the giant has, is awakened. I don't know. That's the optimist in me. We just don't know. I, I yeah. If I, betting man, I wouldn't bet on it. No, no, me neither. One hundred percent. I would not bet on this team right now the way that they're playing. But uh, anything else you got in our upfront news segment about any of those three before we move on to some Husker football news? No, let's get into Husker football news. All right, let's start with the NFL draft, which just concluded yesterday. The two Nebraska selections in the draft came in the sixth round, two picks apart. Uh, pick 189 was Oshawn Mathis to the Los Angeles Rams. And then two picks later at 191, Trey Palmer went to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. 
What are your thoughts on those two guys? Were you surprised to see both those two names going that late in the draft? Probably with with Palmer, yes. He did a four three three in um in the uh the tryouts. Uh and uh you you think somebody with his speed, I mean you think about going to like Kansas City where they have a great way of of exploiting defenses with their wide receivers, their speed. Uh, but uh, yeah, a little surprise. I'm glad that he's there, Tampa Bay. I'm not sure if that's a great home for him. Um, Mathis, uh, I don't know. Maybe that's a great. I, I don't know how how really good of a player we saw him only one one year. Same way with Palmer. So we don't have because they were both transfers. Because we don't, they're not here long enough. We don't. We just don't really have a handle on on how good they are. And uh, I'm I'm happy that they got drafted. I'm glad that, unlike a couple of years ago, we didn't have anybody drafted. Um, yeah, at least two got drafted. Yeah, and I think that I don't. When we were talking about this pre-draft, we were saying that Trey Palmer would. We were expecting him to go third or fourth round, right? Just yeah. because of when uh, Samari Toure went, and we felt I I think that Trey Palmer is a better wide receiver right. than Samari Toure. So yeah. I don't know if he just was overlooked because of transfer stuff. Um, and but he just absolutely destroyed some of these Big Ten defenses this year. So yeah. I don't know why he just why he dropped. Oshawn Mathis I think is in a really good spot because you look at the Los Angeles Rams. Their defense has been solid for multiple years. He gets to learn from guys like Aaron Donald, Von Miller. I mean Von Miller's on the Bills now. Sorry, uh, he gets to learn from. I mean you get to learn from Aaron Donald, who probably is one of the best pass rushers in the game right yeah. now. So that'll be good for him to just learn from that if he ends up making the team. I assume he will. Uh, and then we can move on to some free agent guys. Not all these guys. The, all these guys played for Nebraska at one point or related to Nebraska in some in some point. But uh, the one free, the major free agent that we thought maybe Travis Volklek would go in the draft, but he ended up signing a UDFA, which is just a free agent signing with the Ravens, so he can learn from Mark Andrews and um, that that system, which is going to it just proved well for multiple tight ends, including Mark Andrews. So it'll be interesting to see if he ends up making that team or where he fits in there. And then Adrian Martinez, we thought he was going to USFL. We don't know what was happening. He right. signed a free agents free agency thing with the Detroit Lions, who drafted Hendon Hooker in this year's draft as well. So he's sitting on their depth chart. From what I know, at least the quarterbacks I have behind Jared Goff, Hendon Hooker, and maybe one other guy in there. I don't know who it is. But he's third, at least, on their depth chart. So that'll be interesting to see how he pans out there. I don't think that they're going to – I don't know. It's interesting to see how that works out. But that was very confusing to me. Uh, Cade Warner is going to be joining um, Troy Palmer in Tampa Bay. Really good to see Cade getting in there uh, in the NFL. He had a great season, two seasons at K-State with Adrian. Um, so that'll be interesting to see how he turns out there. And then Max Duggan ends up getting selected by the Chargers, which is a little bit surprising to me because I felt like he was a pretty good quarterback and driven. So I was kind of surprised that he wasn't going to a team that needs a quarterback more because Justin Herbert just got picked by the Chargers three years ago. So they don't really need anyone right now, or they won't need anyone in a few years. I don't know why they have, why they decided to select him there. So, uh, I mean, any thoughts on those free agent guys? The, the thing that I think is surprising, Adrian Martinez. I I'm not sure. I don't I don't think this is a great career move for him. I think going, he was drafted by the New Jersey Generals. He would have had a chance to start to play a lot. Um, oh yeah. 
going to Detroit. I I don't think that that is a great move for him. I, I'm well. I tuned in their their game. They were playing at Birmingham, and uh, so there was some the, another quarterback was was playing. I said, well, maybe he's you know maybe he's going to play the second quarter or whatever. You know, it's the first game, and he didn't show up. And then we looked on the roster and he's not even on the roster. And I thought he, I thought it was a done deal that he was going to be playing uh, for the New Jersey and with Mike Riley's team. You oh, yeah. know? And I, I don't get it. I, I think this is a, I think this is a serious career error for, uh, for Adrian. And I, I, I like the kid. I know some people don't like him and that I think he gave everything, every play. He just had uh I don't know if it was bad luck, maybe his concentration, whatever. I think he was just mistake prone, and that's something yeah. that I don't. It's just something that he worked on, but it just never really got fixed. So the fumbles and interceptions were stuff that's why he's signing a free agent contract instead of um, actually getting selected in the draft. So, I mean, I get it. Your dream as a little kid is to play in the NFL. If you are around football, if you love football, right. your dream is to play in the NFL. Right. So he probably was like, okay. Like, I, I understand I have this option, but I don't understand why as soon as his name's not getting called, not getting called, not getting called, right. why he doesn't just call up Mike Riley and say, hey, you guys still got a spot for me. I'm I'm, I'm willing to come Maybe they don't. Guys. Maybe, Maybe they that's don't. a good point. Maybe they don't. Maybe that they're just like, no, you didn't accept the first time. You decided to wait for this, and it didn't work out. So, I mean, but still, you got when, when there's an opportunity offered you, and I don't think he thought he was going to go in the draft at all. I mean, maybe he did. Maybe that's why he set out, but who knows? I don't think that that was smart of him to think that he would go in the draft. I don't think he was that great of a player that was going to get selected. I mean, as you said, he works hard, but hard work can only get you so far if you don't have the talent. So, um, I mean, it's. I mean, he is talented, but it's like if you don't have the consistency, if you don't have some of the measurables, you're going to need it. So, anyway, well, we wish the best of luck for him. Maybe he'll end up in the USFL next year. I'm sure that they can always do that. But who knows? We'll see. I wanted to say I wanted to say something about Max. I, I really, really, really like this kid. He is a he's overcome so much adversity in his life, and for him to get selected in the NFL is a, probably a dream come true from him. I don't I, do I think he's going to stay with the LA Chargers? Maybe not. They they make these trades all the time before the season oh, yeah. begins. But Max Dugan, if he stays healthy. Or Duggan, I guess is uh, yeah, Duggan, Max Duggan, yeah. I think he's gonna he'll make somebody proud. He'll he is a competitor, man. You had a team of guys who uh, are as passionate and as focused as he. Yeah, I don't think they'd ever lose a game. I I I really hope that he has a brilliant future in pro football, and uh, I, I I love the kid. I absolutely love him. Yeah, I'm with you on that on on everything you just said. He's a raw competitor. I think that this quarterback draft class, for the most part, with the exception of maybe Anthony Richardson and C.J. Stroud, I mean, all these guys fight till the end and that kind of stuff. But um, very humble and kind of silent leader quarterback class. I think you look at Hendon Hooker, who went through his ACL tear at Tennessee. He's still there at the Orange Bowl, cheering his teammates on cheering on Joe Milton as he's taking his place and what Joe Milton has been kind of waiting for for a few years. And then Bryce Young just was so classy about being the first pick uh, in the draft. He had a press conference right after I watched, and he just was like, he just basically was talking about how being the first pick in the draft, that doesn't entitle me to anything. That all yeah. of it, there's nothing. I have to prove everything from the beginning. It doesn't matter what the experts were thinking. It doesn't matter 
that I was picked number one. It doesn't matter. I'm going to get this huge contract or assume huge contract. He's, he's worth a lot. I think he's a good player, but he just was super humble about it. And I was very impressed by that because a lot of you get, you see a lot of those first round, first top 10 picks get up there and they're just like, Oh yeah. Like this is like, I'm the best and all that stuff. And it's just like, it's really nice to see the first pick in a draft, just be very humble about it and just accepting and understanding that he hasn't done anything yet in the NFL and he's not going to act like anything is done until he is uh, finished there. So any, any other thoughts on the draft before we move on to no. some transfer portal? No. Yeah. Let's get into that. I think All the, right. probably the top story has got to be Casey entering the transfer portal. What are your, what Oh yeah. Uh, I mean, we don't really have a quarterback battle anymore. I don't think that there's a – I mean, we can group all these quarterbacks that leave together. I'll just list them off real quick. Casey Thompson, Logan Smothers, Richard Torres, all transferring. Stefan Wynn as well, but we'll, we'll get to him in a minute. That's, that one's – I'm surprised by that one. But let's talk – stick to quarterbacks right now. Which one of those three were you most surprised by? I'm, my guess is it's probably going to be Casey because that's what it was for me. But yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. And, and I was – I've, I've been hearing that Casey, there still is a chance that he might come back to Nebraska. I mean, some just because you enter the transfer portal doesn't yeah. necessarily mean you're going to go. Uh, I I thought, I mean, uh, you look at, you read between the lines, uh, Sims was going to be there. He's a hand-picked guy. The, the, the yeah. new staff, Matt Rule, they get, yeah. they get Jeff Sims. And he's, he's a, you know, he's bona fide. He's he started a bunch of games, um, as did Casey uh, at Texas. Uh, so I kind of thought that Casey and uh, uh, and Sims would battle it out. You know, I, wherever Casey or any of these other quarterbacks go, they're going to have competition. Oh yeah. I mean, I, now, I don't know what the coaching staff told Casey. Like, hey, uh, we're we're going to run with this guy and. Uh, if you get another chance, you might well might as well take it. Well, that sends a message, and I'm not saying that's happened. I'm just I'm just you know kind of theorizing here. Yeah, but Casey would be a great. I mean, going into this fall, having him or Sims on the bench, wow. Yeah, I mean, I can see why that neither one of them wants to be on the bench. I get that. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Who would? Uh, Casey Thompson is a proven entity. He's he can do it, um, and and for that matter, so does Sims. So uh, I was kind of looking forward, maybe naively, that they would just battle it out, and whoever you know won the <clears throat> excuse me won the job would would you know be they'd be like uh, Tommy Frazier and Brooke Beringer. You know, they just yeah. they were there, couldn't have won an actual championship, in certainly in '94 without uh, without Brooke. Uh, but I would I would have not um, nobody would have uh, contested if, if Brooke had if they, had there been a transfer portal back when he played of, of entering, especially in his senior year. If he could have transferred in 90 before the 95 season, he would have gone on and and played the whole year. And he had to sit out, you yep. know, with with uh, with a, a healthy uh, Tommy Frazier. So, you know, we're dealing with so many different entities particularly with quarterbacks they're they're a rip they're a different breed um i can see logan smothers and and torres i thought you know when you and i watched him play at in the spring game i thought this kid is going to be a great quarterback someday 
Now yeah. he, he has a lot, he has four years of eligibility left. So, but if I'm a Richard Torres and I'm thinking, man, I want to, I'm going to be playing this fall. I don't want to sit in the bench. And I'm sure they told him right after the spring game, here's the, here's the pecking order. And you ain't, <laughs> you're not on the list. Logan is another kid who needs to get a chance to play. I, I, the, the, the thing, I mean, Torres doesn't have a, a proven track record and neither does Smothers. I mean, he started one game. He's played in a handful of games in his career. Played well. Uh, he didn't yeah. have a great supporting cast, but uh, yeah. So I, I get it. I get it. But uh, I still, I'm a little shocked, mildly shocked, I guess that that Casey uh, entered the portal. Yeah, and I don't know if that's just. I, I think that the days of quarterback battles in fall camp are over. I don't think you're going to see that because. If you have two guys that are as talented as Jeff Sims and Casey Thompson are, one of them's going to say, hey, you know what? You're getting more of the reps in spring practice. The coaches look like they like you more in spring practice. And honestly, I don't think I can win the starting job over you or that's just what I'm feeling right now. I'm going to leave when I can and find a new team, win that job in fall camp, and then let you just take over this team and I'll chart my own path with another school. So... With those those classic quarterback battles you'd have. I remember, yeah, every single college football preview magazine, there'd be top ten quarterback battles to watch. I don't think that's going to be a section in these things anymore because there's not that many quarterback battles to watch. That I mean, there there are to a certain extent when you have freshmen battling against each other because what are the freshmen? If the freshman transfer, it's like, oh great, who wants you? I mean, I understand you're a good five star recruit or whatever. Like everyone wants that, but like you haven't done anything yet. So that's that's the Richard Torres thing that you were talking about, but. When you get experienced guys, they're, one of them's just going to leave now. And that's the smart decision, I think. Because if you want to play, your best bet is to just say, hey, I'm going to go somewhere else because you clearly have curried enough favor with the coaching staff here. They've handpicked you. So, I mean, I was still surprised that Casey left when he did without really even competing. I saw a thing on Twitter like three days before he left. It was like film of him practicing and actually throwing yeah. for the first time right. inside the uh, – um, yeah. Hawks Championship Center. So, I mean, it's like, I was like, oh, sweet, he's back. This is going to be great. We're going to see them. They're going to battle. They're going to make each other better. We're going to have the right. best starting quarterback we possibly right. can coming into this year. Yep. It can only really benefit a team if there's a quarterback battle because both guys then get better, and whoever wins has just gotten even better. So, I mean, it's just disappointing to see him go. But I have another, as, you I said, have another... as you said, it's not a done deal yet. It's not a done deal. So he could still come back. I have another question, and I, this won't affect Casey Thompson's uh, decision at all, but you wonder if, and I don't know, I'm just speculating. I, I don't have any inside information, but what about the Dylan Riola factor? Um, if if Logan and Richard, you know, think that, that Dylan is going to be coming there, they're, they're not, they're ever going to get a chance to play. And maybe that's, you know, uh, speeded up their decision to, or made their ease, made their decision easier to leave Nebraska. Again, that is speculation on my part. But you wonder if that had any influence, uh, if if they thought that there was a really good chance that uh, that Dylan would be enrolling at Nebraska. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. It definitely opens things up because you get Richard Torres going to get Logan Smothers gone. Those were two guys that were going to compete with him for right. that spot. 
we'll see what Chubba Purdy does when it comes to the end of this year, depending on how Dylan decides to commit, when he decides to commit. He, I mean, it's getting a little bit of frustrating at this point. I get it. It is only April. Uh, I mean, it is only what, April 30th, so we're almost we're almost done with April here. So it's like, okay, I understand, but you should be kind of going towards a decision. You maybe by the end of the summer, just so that they can plan and kind of recruit. Because if you if he waits until like November, you're screwing yeah. over these coaching staffs. I, I don't think he will no. do that. But it's going to be huge news for two weeks, and then it'll be done, and they'll just move on. I think. Um, for whoever ends up coming to, for if he comes to Nebraska, we've talked about this before. He's going to bring in all that other talent, and that other talent's going to want to come play at Nebraska. So we'll see. It'll probably last a little bit longer if he decides to come to Nebraska. But if he's like, yeah, you know what? Thanks for the offer. I'm going to Georgia. Nebraska fans are going to be like, oh, what could have been for maybe a week or two, and then we're going to be like, all right, who's the next guy we're trying to get? Who's the next best yeah. player we're trying to get in this recruiting class? Because you're going to get. There's going to be disappointments in recruiting. So, and, and Matt Rule knows that. He's been experienced, been around it. So he knows what the approach to take. So um, let's move on to some of the other guys that are transferring or entering the portal, I should say. Uh, notably, Stefan Wynn, who just transferred from Alabama to Nebraska last season, is now going to be transferring out. Noah Pola Gates is going to be transferring out. Brennan Dixon, Quayshon Alexander, Cameron Jones. Uh, those guys are all defensive guys, have also left. Any one of those four names I just, or I guess five names I just listed, any of those surprise you a lot? Probably Stefan Wynn um, because of his pedigree, but I don't think, I don't think they relied on him that much. I don't, I don't think he was the player they thought he was going to be. And I don't know if that, if he, if he came in, not in shape, I don't know. I don't know the particulars of that. We'll, we'll, I'm sure we'll find out. Yeah. So on uh, given that, yeah, I'm I'm a little surprised. The other ones, they didn't play. You had to look up, you know, their their names and and positions and so on. If you know, they're not household words. Noah Pola Gates, maybe a little bit. Yeah, you know, I was gonna say he had a lot of hype coming into Nebraska yeah. a few years ago, yeah. and there was a lot of promise, and he just never really got on the field. So I understand that one. Yeah. But, so, yeah. Uh, but but and there's going to be more, and there have to be that. I think they're. I think they have to come up with. And of course, this is a moving target, but I think they're. They have to get eleven more players to leave the, the scholarship players to leave the, the program. Wow. I mean, I don't know how they're going to do that, but that is going to be. There's going to be a lot of names that you're thinking, oh, they're never going to leave. They're going to stay in Nebraska strong, and then you're like, oh, they're entering the transfer portal. That's kind of odd, but we'll see how that works or if they just rearrange scholarships. I hope that that's what it happens because I don't want to see any of these guys leave. I really like a lot of these guys that are still there on scholarships, so we'll see. But the Stephen Wynn thing, he started – he played in a lot of games last year, so I don't know. It must have not been playing time. It must have been something with he thought he could be playing better than he was and something was holding him back in Nebraska. I don't know, but I felt like he played a bunch. He just never really had that impact, as you were saying, that we thought he was going to and that the coaching staff hoped he would. So who knows what that was up about, but uh, I don't take that as a huge loss because he was playing in the interior of the defensive line, not any anywhere. He wasn't a huge pass rushing threat for the most part, and I don't think he was going to be this year. So we'll see. Okay. Anything else you got about any of the stuff we've talked about? Husker? No. Volleyball, all right. Well, we will be back next week. Uh, can I say that we're going to interview? Well, Mr. we Bill don't Bush? know for sure. I got. We, we don't know yet. Just, all right. So, yeah. well, we will maybe be back with an interview with Bill Bush next week, the former Nebraska uh, special teams statistician, not 
special teams coordinator really, but um, and then fill in defensive coordinator after Shenander was fired last year. So we're yeah. hoping to get him on at some point. And then we're going to have a little Bill Williams is going to join us. He was on for a whole episode last year, but he's going to just give a little 10 minute plug for his uh, event real quick. We'll, we'll stick that into an episode coming up here. So be on the lookout for both of those. Other than that, tell your friends, tell your enemies, tell everybody about the show. We want to spread the word, get everyone to listen to it. Um, if you know kids that go to Nebraska, tell them about it. That would be great. Twitter, uh, we, Twitter. Yeah, Twitter. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, uh, you can also follow us on Twitter at HBT Huskers Pod. Um, and find, I posted a video of our experience at the spring game. And I'm going to get some recruit videos out. We had Ian Flint and another kid also commit this past week. So I got to get those out at some point during this week. But I'll get those out. Other than that, we will talk to you guys next week with more Nebraska football news. And go Big Red as always.